Hello and welcome to the Daily Summation podcast from Kurtz Religion and Politics. This uh, podcast is the audio from a YouTube slash Rumble video uh, that can be found on the Kurtz Religion and Politics channel on each of those places. I hope you enjoy the podcast and by all means let me know via whatever mechanism is available if you do or don't. Thank you very much and now on with the podcast. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Summation from Kurtz Religion and Politics channels on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, I finally managed to get around to the third, uh, doing my summary of the third chapter of the book by Dr. Noam Chomsky. The uh, book is called Understanding Power, the Indispensable Chomsky, and that is what we're doing today, is talking about that third chapter. Today is Monday, October the 12th of 2020. I am Kurt, and as I say, this is the daily summation from from the Kurt's Religion and Politics, uh, various things that I'm doing at this point in time. Uh, if you're listening on the po- podcast, welcome there. I'm going to try and keep the podcast up for as as long as I'm able, but that's going to depend on what I'm able to do as far as that's concerned. You won't get to see the charming video. Well, maybe it's not so great, but anyway, there it is. And I, because I'm really pushing it on time this morning, I'm going to try and kind of jump right in and talk about the third chapter of uh, Dr. Noam Chomsky's uh, Understanding Power, the Indispensable Chomsky. And I'm going to start by talking about sort of the starting, the leading question that comes out in the discussion, which is what this chapter basically covers, is a discussion between Dr. Chomsky and some folks that he is, is, is you know, talking to. And uh, so it starts out with this, this question, and the question is sort of why the military arms race, right? And you have to understand that the, that the beginning of this is that, <clears throat> that the United States and the rest of the world are sort of still coming out of the uh, Second World War, not were a good part of the way along, but not. It's still pretty well understood that that we're that there's some recovery from the Second World War going on, uh, as a result of of how massive and devastating it was for the world. And uh, Chomsky maintains that the Marshall Plan basically failed to resurrect the economies of various countries around the world, and that includes, in his mind, I think, the United States. And he says that basically the military uh, industrial complex was used to make it so that the uh, incomes of America and other countries uh, were remain strong, among other things, uh, and that um, the the military industrial complex, so the military and various industrial components, worked together in a way such as to do R&D, and it was essentially, the bill was essentially footed by American taxpayers, which in his mind is why the uh, idea of reducing taxes is not a great, is not one that you can do. It's not even whether it's a good or a bad one, but he, he maintained that it was something that you couldn't do, because in his mind, a good deal of the spending that was going on was related to the Pentagon, so basically the Department of Defense. And so basically, again, the idea is then that the taxpayers were footing the bill for this this research and development, which was used for to maintain the arms race, and that if it was possible to get uh, benefit for uh, business out of that, 
profit for business out of that, that was fine. But the point was, in general, that that was the thing in, in his mind that propped up the economy. Uh, most of the stuff he argues that was done in in that quote work was the was technological in nature. So it was so it was very much a technological sort of a thing that he argues was happening. And he seems to favor the idea that, in fact, what we need to do by this point, or at least at the time that he was speaking, and keep in mind it was 89-90 time frame, so somewhere late 80s, early 90s, right? And he seems to be in, of a mind that what should happen, what really ought to happen is that the military should be essentially dismantled in the United States, right? Uh, and if you ask him how... You would what you would have to do to make that happen. He essentially says that we would have to undergo quote democratization, which in his mind we do not have in the United States. And I have to tell you, I agree with him, but I, our reasons are different. I'm not going to get into that because this is not designed to be opinion. This is designed to actually summarize what it was that Dr. Chomsky was is saying. So um, he he. he goes on to say that there's a problem and the problem is that people are allowing themselves to be dominated by the military and the and industry because the government is essentially run by them and that that can't be the case. Uh, he then they we sort of then jump to another discussion and the discussion is essentially Libya as a punching bag to the United States with the intent of using it to cover things that in his mind were illegitimate and I think there are those many who disagree uh that were going on in Nicaragua. And so he, he basically goes on to do that. And he says, basically, look, if you look at what happened in Libya, it's sort of a comedy of errors, in his opinion. A lot of things that happened there were, were nothing like surgical or, or, or reasonable for a military to do. Uh, and that uh, because the, the thing that was happening was considered to be basically a counterinsurgency, um, <clears throat> it wasn't expected to be particularly accurate or, or, and, and he says this happens other places, for example, Grenada, but anyway, it wasn't uh, intended to be particularly accurate or, or highly functional, right? Uh, he moves on to talk about the idea that the UN is limited by the, these entities that he refers to as great powers. And I'm sure in general, he means the United States and its allies, but really mostly the United States and the USSR, one can argue Russia and its allies. But again, I think largely he means Russia. And basically, he goes on to say that for the most part, what most of the world was doing during that time, during the early time frame of the United Nations was to just basically follow America's lead. But what happened over the course of time is that a lot of the nation states in that body decided that they were not going to do that and began to regularly vote against the United States. I believe that's a fair statement, by the way. Uh, Russia actually voted against everybody early on uh, and then sort of fell in line with what, what everybody was saying. Um, one of the things that he talks about is the idea of how the United States basically handled that, and that was to essentially refer to the acts of the other states in the, in the entity as uh, being involved in a tyranny of the majority, which he says those uh, nation states would refer to essentially as democracy. And the other thing that they they tended to do, and there's a fair amount of truth to this again, and that is essentially ignore the the edicts, edict suggestions and so forth of the United Nations where various things were concerned in that regard. He talks a little bit about Vietnam, and what he says about Vietnam is that uh, is what he's pretty much maintained all the while, which is which is essentially that the 
United States had no business there, in his opinion, that that uh, France and others had no business there when they were there, and that Vietnam was sort of fighting for their life, and that they basically destroyed Vietnam, and that it was going to be, he, he maintained something like a century, I forget exactly how long he says, until Vietnam comes back to, quote, normal. In fact, fact, you know, regardless what actually has happened there, that's sort of what he maintains. Uh, he then goes on to talk about uh, Cambodia and the possibility of a second genocide there because of the fact that um, the United States essentially was backing Khmer Rouge uh, in that country and that uh, Pol Pot therefore sort of had free reign in a, in a lot of way, ways of looking at things. After that, he goes on to a discussion of heroes and anti-heroes, who he considers to be his heroes, who he considers to be anti-heroes, and the fact that anti-heroes are the ones that tend to be set up by the media as the people that you should consider to be heroic in nature. Okay, after that, he goes into a quick discussion with, uh, you know, prompting again on the concept of anti-intellectualism, which he maintains is not really how things work, but even if it was, he doesn't consider that to necessarily be a bad thing. He thinks that there are a lot of people who are doing things that are essentially intellectual pursuits uh, that are not really accounted for doing so. Running out of time here, so quickly he talks about spectator sports and how they are intended essentially, I would say, to dumb down the population. That is to make it so that they were using them for their sort of intellectual pursuits as opposed to looking at politics, activism, and current events. Uh, from there, he goes on to talk about Western European activism, activism and why Canada is who they are at the time that he's talking about. And finally, he moves on to the idea of dispelling illusions, which he go, then goes on to kind of explain how he thinks it's reasonable to do that. As I say, I'm basically running out of time. And again, this is a, ch a packed chapter. It's a mostly a discussion-related thing. <clears throat> and the result is what you're going to see out of what I've said, again, is a fast and and 30,000 foot view overview of what he actually said. And you really need to read the chapter if you want to understand more about it. All right. I'm basically out of time. You have a wonderful Monday. Uh, again, I should be back again tomorrow. And uh, hopefully we will see you then. Hopefully the rest of your week turns out to be a good one. And you have a wonderful day. Thanks for watching this video. Remember that you can like the video on YouTube and you can give me a rumble on Rumble if you want to do that. Uh, of course, you can also subscribe to my channel on both YouTube and Rumble. The channel would be Kurt's Religion and Politics. Uh, if you want to see more of my content, you can go to various places. The first of those places would be my blog. That's blogs.kpschubert.com. Blogs.kpschubert.com. If you want to follow me on uh, Twitter... Um, parlor or minds.com you can look for my handle i am at kp schubert that is at kp s-h-u-b-e-r-t uh, you can also see my facebook page that also is kurt's religion and politics uh, i have obviously a youtube and a rumble account uh, my page uh, my uh, channels on those accounts pages channels whatever you want to call them is kurt's religion and politics um, i have uh, also, uh, if you want to support me, a Patreon account, I am Kurt's Religion and Politics there. Thank you for looking at my stuff. Remember, you can subscribe. Remember, you can click notifications on the YouTube to make sure you're notified for, uh, for new content. Uh, again, thanks for coming to visit my channel. Thanks for watching this video, and you have a great day.
You've been listening to the Daily Summation podcast from the Kurtz Religion and Politics channels. Uh, this this is this has been the audio from a video uh, cl- uh, clip that I put there on the Kurtz Religion and Politics channels on YouTube and Rumble. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. Uh, come back and visit me again. I'm going to try and put things here every day for as long as I'm able to do so. Hope your day is a good one. And yet again, thanks for listening.